This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan where I just realized I forgot to open my Zoom already, so I will work on that. We are live. I'm sorry. We're live on Radio Row in Las Vegas. That is a a very fair. Okay. (laughs) We're going to get to that, Mike, (laughs) is I've got numbers that I think will decide the Super Bowl or fun facts to know that could help you along the way. But first, I love that you have numbers. Can I ask a question the though about numbers? The score is going to be the most important one. Here's the thing. I would tend to agree with Mike that. brought something uh, to our plate this morning on our limo drive over. Because yes, we've been traveling via limo all mo- uh, every morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the he said you can't read numbers, and oh I, my God. now I'm like. This is going to be a usual Friday show. Thrown for it? the biggest loop, Mike, because I, I was like, hold, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. What is it called? If you read words. I'm going to say look at. You look yeah, at numbers. Right? You look at numbers because, like, Dexter Manley, uh-huh. former Washington at the time Redskins. Yes. Like Noah, he couldn't read. Yeah, but he might be able to see numbers and go, oh, that's the number one. Yeah. Like, if you gave Dexter Manley a scouting report and it had words which have letters in them, like if it said, you are doing this to number 42, but they didn't put 42, the number four and the number two. They spelt it out. He's like, I have no clue what this is. But if you just have numbers there, he's like, oh, I got number 42. Mm-hmm. Or so 4, people that can't read can, can understand numbers. Yeah. So that's, that's that makes to sense me. to me. And as Nick once said on uh, on New Girl, I'm not sure I can even read. I think I've just memorized a bunch of words. And so maybe <laughs> that's really what the situation is. My but problem is I sound out words, and then you guys make fun of me because I'm like, this is what it's spelt out as. Like name, like your middle name. Like Chol. Okay. But that's Chloe. That makes no sense. <laughs> I honestly C-H-O-E. didn't know what word you were saying there. C H L O E. That spells Chol. Like so, if I sound, how do you out, think Chloe is spelled? C H L O E. Yeah, with Isn't a that with it? a little C H L O E. With yeah. a little comma did, to the top. And that? you think that's Chol? All right. How do you pronounce C H? Cha. How do you say like L O E? That's going to be a hard Whoa. O. Wouldn't it be Chlo? Cholo. Well, hold on. Chol. You chol. just said no. How do you, it's not Chol. How do you how do you pronounce uh, C A's name? Tris Arnold? No, you never say That's Tris true. Arnold. So That's true. That's a memorization <laughs> oh of somebody God. telling me, don't sound it out. That is the word Chris. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank Low T Center and Best Buy Windows and Siding for really putting their resources to the best use by having us out here to have this conversation. Second most important thing right now. Yeah, I want to say it's going to get better, but now we transition into should I drink it? This is my favorite time of Radio Row when nobody's here. (laughs) Why is that? It's just calm. It's nice. 
You can hear each other well. Emmett the internet works down. better. Emmett sat down this morning with Sean and Emmett RJ. Smith. Emmett Smith, former uh, former running back for the Cowboys. I know who Emmett Three-time Smith. Super Bowl champion. Uh, I have like 100 of his rookie cards. They're worth like $200 total. And he... <laughs> He had he had a water. I sat down where he sat down after, and I sat my water down. So I have Emmett Smith and my water, and they're both about the same, and I don't know which one's mine. This one has a little less. Yeah, and I don't know which one, but I don't understand. Are you a gulper or a sipper? I'm a, well, this morning I was sipping a little bit, so I don't know. This one's a little off balance. It's not. It's like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, okay. and that one is like straight, straight up and up. down. Yeah, How does like that help him figure out which is did which? You get, this is mine. Did you get one that struggles to s- sit up straight? Some of them have been a little deformed. <laughs> well, yeah, what Kevin. can they do for that? Yeah, their if butts are struggling. Blue chew? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Vince Clinic. There you go. Go, Mike. Yeah, so that testosterone, it, it gets you going. Should I drink Emmett Smith's water is the question I have. And did, I think you should drink Emmett both Smith. and decide which tastes better. You might become a better running back. What if Emmett's water tastes better? Yeah, it's got to. And, and you guys said I can't what run, I all run of a for sudden five you, yards. What if all of a sudden you don't fall down today? <laughs> like you're just like, I drink Emmett's water. <laughs> it's already happened. And I then you only drink earlier. a little. So you haven't, keep it? You haven't yeah. drank Emmett's water yet. <laughs> Emmett had great balance. Yeah, and you have to keep it like a natural resource and you just drink a little at a time all right let's every get time serious, you get close guys. to somebody you squat down like you squat and then people can't take you out and then right. you just burst through the hole when they eight zero six mike got into that good vegas weed huh <laughs> mine blown Here's what i did I this just is he talks like donut. this all the time i'm eating another donut all right do you guys want to go through the super bowl numbers you'll, yes you'll love this first one this mike. is super bowl 58 that is true zero The Chiefs do not have a single wide receiver or running back with an offensive Pro Bowl selection. Wow, that's impressive. (laughs) McCall Hardman made it once on special teams, but they have no one offensively, obviously. How frequent is that? Like, how often does that happen? That's probably why they're not burnt out, because they're not. We'll get to that at 1 (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, we will talk about that. But, yeah, they have no wide receiver or running back that has ever gotten to a Pro Bowl. Now, check this out. Compare it to the 49ers. Oh, that's a lot. The 49ers are the first team in the history of the NFL to have a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end all finish with at least 1,000 th- yards from scrimmage. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say with the Pro Bowl thing, because doesn't use check make them all the time, too? Because you have oh, to yeah. take a fullback. That's true. So, so he, like, has, I don't know, three, I'm going to guess, Pro Bowl appearances already? Mm. Christian McCaffrey. 2,000 plus, Ayuk 1,300 plus, Debo 1,100 plus, George Kittle 1,000 plus. So if you're talking about outside the quarterbacks, the skill position players, it is staggering the difference. Yeah, I'm leaning towards San Francisco winning this game. I, If you make me pick, I didn't bet on it here in Vegas. I don't have a good feel for this one. I do think it's going to be a close game. I can see it going either way. But like to this, yeah, they're just better. But there is the quarterback situation. It's it's the number one scoring offense versus the the best quarterback of this generation. It's the weirdest like combination of those two. You know, it's interesting. If you go to the next one, if you go to total offense and defense, 49ers second in total offense, Chiefs second in total defense. Ooh. And so, like when we talked about a couple weeks ago is this has been a far better defensive effort from the Chiefs than they've ever gotten while probably not the best offensive effort compared to some of their other teams because I, of the personnel. I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just wonder because what? Hold on, you oh. just Mike, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm ahead. sorry. He just said a, a a word that is that's like 
the, the Cowboys have to learn this, right? Yeah. You just said because of the personnel. They knew because of the personnel this year, we're going to be a different team. We have to adapt to that. But what we can a still, novel concept. We can still figure it out, quarterback. We just need you to play smart football. We need you to not be reckless. We need you to play smart, and we're going to be able to win games because of our personnel, because of the way that we're built this year. Well, and that's where I, like, listening to Kevin's stuff, I agree with everything. I'm just wondering. Did other teams at times go in against Kansas City a little bit different because they felt like, well, Kansas City's not going to put up a ton of points like they used to? Yep. Now, when did that mindset change? That because obviously yeah. last year they, they scored better than this year. Uh, so I just I, – I don't know. Because I do think there's an intimidation factor facing Patrick Mahomes now. I don't know if San Francisco is going to have it, but I do think watching Baltimore – and even a little bit of Buffalo, they had this intimidation factor of this team has owned the AFC. I think there is, because I will tell you this. Even when they're an underdog, since the third straight game, Patrick Mahomes has been an underdog. You know how many times that's happened in his career? Never. But he's 3-0 and as an underdog in playoff games. I saw today on ESPN, I believe he's 9-3. and winning the game as an underdog in his career. There's been 12 games where they've been considered so the underdog. That's so low, too. And he's 9-3 and three in those. How many coaches do you think have ever been in five or more Super Bowls? Like, they've five, been gonna, the head coach. I'm going to guess five off the top of my head. Uh, Tom Landry. Yep. Uh, obviously, Bill Belichick. Yep. Parcells? No. Oh, then maybe I'm too high on five. I, I'm sorry. Go, if you want to ask that again, I wanted to look up something on Mahomes that, that we were just discussing. How oh. many head coaches Andy have Reed been in now. five? That's, that is correct. You're missing one more. Not Chuck. Chuck Noll. No, he went 4-0, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, it's, I mean, it's a very, Lombardi, very well too known. early. They were yeah, NFL championships. That is correct. Shula. Don Shula is correct. All right, so Mike asked the question of when did that happen with the offense. I wanted to look at his yards per attempt. 8-3, let's go 2019 forward. 8-3-8-1-7-4-8-1-7. So this year was the biggest dip because more teams were, Mike, saying, we're going to keep you from going deep on us. And he said, I'll take everything underneath then. That's w- yeah. the way I'll approach this season. I just wanted to, like, add that in. That's the element, Mike. This Last year they tried it, and then this year because of the talent level, he had to, he had to play underneath a lot more. Okay. Now, with a 49ers win, this is a niche stat, but I thought it was really interesting. Trent Williams will become the third offensive lineman ever to have 10 Pro Bowl selections at least and a Super Bowl title. Larry Allen is one of them. Jonathan Ogden is the other. So, like, that's some pretty elite class that you're talking about right Yeah, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, for sure. Uh, And going to be needed in this game. Uh, It's going to be interesting. You know, in this game, it's starting to sound like, I don't know, who's going to get protected better? Okay. Patrick Mahomes or... Hold on. Okay. Uh, Sorry. No, no, no. I'm glad that you said that. I'll skip the next one. Let's go to 13.8. This is going to be a huge part when you talk about quarterback protection. Brock Purdy, the number of pressures converted to sacks is only 13.8%. That's fifth best in the NFL. Wow, that's good. So you're going to look, and we talked about this probably on the other side with Kansas City as well. Yeah, we did. You are going to get pressures on Purdy. You are going to get pressures on Mahomes. 
how much does that impact how the play goes and how many can get finished, mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, a pressure doesn't automatically mean it's going to be a negative play. We've seen that a ton in this playoffs. It, and I think you said Mahomes was even higher than oh, Purdy yeah. on yes, that. Yes, yes. Because both of them have really good awareness and escapability yes. whenever it's time. I know that they had a spy on Lamar Jackson 100% of every snap. Did they have spies on Josh Allen? Maybe every Ooh, once in a while. Not to that effect, though. I'm yeah. just wondering, like, you know, the last two games they've played what you'd consider. I'm not saying Brock Purdy's not athletic. We saw him make some really good Absolutely. runs in the NFC Championship game. But I'm just thinking to myself, they've played against guys that are super fast, super athletic. And now, out of the three guys, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy's the least athletic. Still a, a guy that can hurt you with his legs and extend plays. I'm just wondering how different of a defense – have they played against Buffalo, against Baltimore, and now against San Francisco? You know, the game plan going into it, how different Yeah, the percentage it? was lower against Josh Allen. They used a lot of different looks on Josh Allen. Okay. Uh, as opposed to as much as they used uh, on Lamar Jackson. And look, there are a lot of different things you can boil this game down to. For me, this is, this is the number right here. Pressure conversions to sacks and what happens in those pressure situations. Whichever team does better, that's the team that's going to win. As you're giving all this, and we've talked about it all week, and we'll talk more about it as the show's just beginning, do you have a good feel for this game? I don't think so because I got 49ers 27-24, but obviously we're in a range where I'm not like, oh, they got it. It's it's cake. It's yeah, over. Last week I was like, this is going to be a 35-32 game. Like, you know, I had really high numbers, and the more I go through this, the more I'm like, man, this this might be lower scoring. And maybe it's the higher scoring because I think of the, the way the Detroit game started sure, and ended. Sure. And I just don't, I don't think they're going to be – that either team is going to give up as much as early. Look, Chiefs defense, 13.7 points allowed per game in the playoffs. And clearly, I realized with the frozen field against Miami, but then you went against Buffalo, then you went against Baltimore. They've had some high-powered offenses that they've been able to slow down. All right, a few more numbers for you. Christian McCaffrey, here's the magic number, 85 yards rushing. In his career with the 49ers, when he gets 85 yards, they're 16-1. and one. So... That's the key. I know is that people. Good? Yes, that's, that's yes. Like the first half of passing in a playoff game for Dak. Oh my God. Sixteen and one. No, no. eighty-five yards. Uh, that's what he's doing. Yards and one interception. About what he does at halftime of a playoff game. So I get people focus on his all-purpose yards, and I understand that. But when he's effective running the ball for them, they are almost. It allows unbeatable. them to be more balanced. Absolutely. It allows Ayuk to get more open. It allows Kittle to get more open. It allows a lot more whenever they say we gotta we gotta start focusing on stopping this dude right now. Now I already told you that Andy Reid. Is the fifth coach to ever make it to five Super Bowls. I'm, I had the number right. You did. I just didn't know the guys. Knuckleballs, bro. How many coaches have won at least three Super Bowls? All right. Let's go to Bill Belichick first. Correct. Knuckleballs. Nice. Um, Chuck Knoll. Chuck Correct. Noll. Uh, nice. Knuckleballs. Um, that's it, man. No other coaches have ever Barry won Barry Switzer. Bowl. Okay. Chan Gailey. No, uh, what? Okay, you know he didn't win any Super Bowl. Um, let's see here. I'm, tr I'm really there are trying to two think more. about this one. They're older coaches. I don't think there are any sure? other like current it's coaches. 72. I, he only won two. Okay, he's a bum. Um, <laughs> that was. I don't know if that was coaches my take. That have won three Super Bowls. Tom Landry only won two. He, he only was a had bum his too. Two and Jimmy Johnson. Shut your mouth. Jimmy Johnson won three. 
but it only that is it not only counted counts for on two, this. so that kind of stinks. You for him. definitely know these coaches; they're older, but you definitely know them. The whole point of this, by the Vince way, is Lombardi. Andy Reid oh, yeah. would be the fifth coach to do this, so it would be Andy Reid if they win. Bill Belichick, Chuck Noel. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Bill Walsh. Oh, yeah. Walshy. And Joe Gibbs. Steve's dad. Is the other that always one. drives me nuts that Joe Gibbs has that. I mean, he's a, he's he's a, a good coach. No, I coach. get it. I understand it, but he I know him more for interstate fast. batteries, you know? Yes, because he got into racing and mm-hmm. stuff. I understand that reference. We're the KNC Masterpiece. Even though he had a really slow running. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right All here on like, like, 105.3. Hey, Daryl Green. The Darryl fan. He was fast. You can't have this conversation off air. Coming up next. Turn our mics off. Jacksonville Jaguars co-owner <laughs> and the man who runs all things AEW. It's Tony Khan. Next year's Super Bowl champ. Maybe we'll talk a little mass. We'll do an X right here on The Fan. Right now we bring to you Jacksonville Jaguars co-owner and the man who runs all things AEW. It is Tony Khan. Howdy, sir. Hey, howdy. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, there's a lot of important stuff transpiring can you just go ahead and tell me that Sasha Banks will be on the Boston show in five weeks? Um, excuse me, Mercedes Monet. You don't know who that other person I'm is. I'm very excited for <laughs> AEW Big Business on March 13th. It's going to be so great to bring the show to the TD Garden in Boston. Those tickets go on sale this Saturday. People are going to come from all over the world to go to Big Business in Boston. It's going to be great, but uh, you'll have to tune in on TBS or come to Boston to find out on Wednesday, March 13th. Okay, it's one thing I can guarantee about a week and a half before that. How excited are you for Revolution, for the new one half of the tag team champions, Sting, going up, him and Darby Allen going up against the Young Bucks in his last match ever? Well, it's not confirmed yet. Oh. Let's see. I mean, Sting and Darby Allen just won the tag so team So they got to hold on to him. They've got a well, Sting and Darby Allen are the new tag team champions, I think. And also, we have to, uh, you know, they just won the belts. I mean, and, and moments after that, they, during the celebration with Sting and his family, yes. His, yes. his family in the ring, and the Young Bucks ruined it. And it was, you know, one of the greatest moments in wrestling, followed by just a terrible, terrible thing. But I, I you know, it'll be something to keep an eye on. But really, what a great moment last night. For Sting and Darby Allen to win the World Tag Team Championship, I thought last night was one of the best AEW shows ever. It was one of my favorite wrestling shows. And Swerve and Hangman to kick it off. Yeah, yeah. There was so much. And the, and the Blackpool Combat Club versus the CML All-Stars. And we're bringing that here to Las Vegas this weekend. Really excited to do AEW Collision here. We've been on such a great run of shows. Of course, last night's Dynamite was one of our best, and Collision has been on the best run we've ever had recently. And we're bringing great international stars. I mentioned those CMLL stars wrestling John Moxley and Claudio here in Vegas this weekend. And, and last night on Dynamite, wrestling them and Brian Danielson, who's heading to Japan this weekend. Who just can't miss any match he has with Danielson. Can't, can't miss. He's can't the man. Miss. Well, regardless of what the configuration looks like, how cool has it been to be here for the end of Sting's career and know, like, hey, we got the event. It's his last match. I'm so proud of what we've done for Sting and AEW. I think this has been such a great send-off for one of the greatest legends ever in wrestling, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and now one half of the AEW World Tag Team That's Champions. Right. Sting and Darby Allen have had this incredible undefeated run. And uh, what they've done in AEW, it's been amazing, and I can't wait for their match at Revolution, which will be Sting's final encounter. And Sting's a Dallas guy. 
So obviously, we love him back yeah, here absolutely. in the Metroplex. Absolutely. I was I was curious. I don't know what kind of insight you can give me on this, but I know how business focused you are with the Warner, Fox, ESPN, sports streaming service. How, if at all, does that, will that impact you guys? It's uh, something to keep an eye on. We've got a great thing going on TBS and TNT, and now the streaming side of it, I haven't sold my streaming rights. So it's an option uh, that we have, and it's going to be a very exciting year for media rights and wrestling, and AEW is coming up. Uh, in a contract year, so it's really exciting. Very exciting for you, especially with those media rights coming Well, up. it's something I made a big investment in AEW with my family years ago, and it's, it's clearly paid off. We built an empire in wrestling. We've got the best roster in the sport, and to have AEW wrestling represented here in Las Vegas, of course, doing collision on Saturday, having the great stars of AEW, the international champions sitting over there uh, in the next we, booth. Yeah, we talked to him. And he's yeah, going to be defending the title against one of the greatest Ishii. wrestlers in the world this weekend and his partner. They've had a, you know, they've teamed up and won in AEW before, and now this first time they've ever wrestled one-on-one. And that match is Saturday on TNT, or you can catch it live here in Vegas. I'm really excited. I think we built the greatest roster in wrestling, and we have the best relationships in wrestling to be able to work with New Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, these great companies. And we have so many great markets where we've built uh, a great tradition. And, of course, Texas is yeah. one of our best places. Garland, and obviously I'll just hit final battle up at Arlington. Arlington yeah, absolutely. Garland and Arlington, just that Dallas Metroplex, I love it. And I love bringing the Von Ericks back to Dallas. That was pretty cool. I like Mar Mar Marshall and Ross are friends of mine. I actually live in Garland. So when you all have shows... 10 minutes from my house. I'm a big fan. Big fan of that. And we're coming uh, to Cedar Park around Austin this yes. week, too. So yes. that's a very manageable drive. It'll be a really fun Wednesday night show. And AEW's on one of our best runs ever right now. Do you feel like... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say, it's always the road to revolution, it feels exactly. like. Right? Exactly. And do you feel like the wrestling community in general has been ahead of the curve on streaming? Like, obviously, you're dipped into NFL, too. And when there's a Peacock-only playoff game, people kind of lost their minds about it. And it feels like wrestling has been ahead of the curve, whether it's with y'all with Ring of Honor and there's other organizations, WWF, or WWE, excuse me, TNA. They have streaming New service. Japan World. Exactly. Sure. It feels like wrestling has been ahead of this Honor, curve. Ring of Honor, like yeah. you said, we have a, a great streaming service. And Ring of Honor, they'd been operating a streaming service when I purchased the company yeah, a couple Honor years Club. ago. Yeah. We built it up, and now it's at the all-time high, higher than even wow. when they put the MSG show on it. Really? Yeah. That was one of the reasons I got Honor Club to begin with, so that is amazing. We built it up. We've grown the subscriber base, which is amazing because they had we actually – Killed it completely, shut it down, and started from scratch, and uh, and built it back up with what the great wrestling we're doing. We have some great things. Some of the best wrestlers and, and stories are there in Ring of Honor, and it's a great complement to what we do in AEW. How much easier does that make transitioning if you do for streaming? Because y'all have been ahead of the game in streaming. Because for some of these old media companies, legacy, whatever you want to call them, they've struggled in the streaming game. Absolutely, it's something. It's something that the NFL has built uh, a great business platform this year, like you mentioned, with our streaming games. I think the work on Thursday Night Football, it's it become a consistent hit. With Amazon, yeah. Absolutely. Amazon's done a great job with it, and Peacock did a great job with uh, NFL playoffs. And I think streaming NFL, it, it's definitely – uh, a huge component of what we do. And in the wrestling business, it's a huge component. And like I said, I've never sold my streaming rights. So it's something to uh, keep an eye on for us in a big contract year. Now, while AEW has been rocking and rolling, I know 
some pain for the Jags. One of my co-hosts loves Trevor Lawrence. What, what do you think went wrong this season, and what do you want to see from Trevor Lawrence going forward as he evolves as a QB? Well, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a great quarterback, and he's a great leader for the Jaguars, and I think uh, we, have to, we have to help support him, and I think from the top to bottom, it's a team, it's a team sure. sport, and, and when we win as a team, uh, you know, everyone's got to contribute, and I think we, we can make uh, a lot of changes, and, and Trevor is great, and I think we have to do as much as we can as an organization to build around him, and I think we will. And, uh, you know, we got off to a great start this year, uh, and I'm very excited uh, about the rest of uh, the organization coming together around Trevor Lawrence, and uh, I believe he will uh, lead us uh, to another winning season. It's, we've had you know back-to-back winning seasons uh, for the first time in a long time. It was a great start we got off to, and I think we can all do things better down the stretch uh, to make sure that we win the games down the stretch we need to to put ourselves in the playoffs, which we, you know, I think we all felt like we were very close and we should have probably done this year. And, and uh, next year I think we'll be in a better position. Of course, uh, uh, we were very happy with the results two seasons ago. And yeah. I think uh, uh, we can, you know, do that and, and more. I think there's so much room to grow. We have a really young roster, a lot of good young players, including a great young quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to try and see if I can figure out in the future a co-interview with you and Trevor Lawrence because my co-host said if we had Trevor Lawrence on the show, he might pass out. So if there's ever an opportunity to get that out, I desperately want to see that happen. I, I, I would love uh, to see that too. And Trevor's the nicest guy of all time, so I'm sure he'd be a great guest for you anytime I've seen Trevor in, in an interview situation. He always uh, knocks people's socks off. He's a great guy. And then I just wanted to shout you out real quick, not that you asked for it or need it, but last year at the Super Bowl, we talked in person. I told you about my possibilities, our Peaceathon charity. You gave me y'all's people's info. You're like, talk to these people. I did. Y'all provided floor seats for an event. We, we got raised quite a bit of money off of that. And I just really want to appre- I just want to tell you I appreciate Thanks. that y'all getting it much. done. Really yeah. appreciate it. It was the least guys. we could do, Kevin. Thank you and uh, anytime. Seriously, I'm always happy to help out, especially for a good cause. And I love pro wrestling and I love helping out whenever I can. And that was the least I could do. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So collision Saturday here in Vegas, March third, Greensboro Revolution. Big business, March 13th, Boston. I didn't even have to look at my notes to tell you all of that. Yeah, that was amazing. All right. Orange Cassidy might have me as my hype man. In case you need somebody else, I'm here. Tony Khan, thank you very, very much. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. There you go. Great to see you. By the way, you heard reference to the Orange Cassidy interview. You can find that on 1053thefan.com. You can check out, stop that, on the YouTube and everything like that. Go check out that interview. That's going to be internet exclusive right there. But you heard, he goes, Trevor Lawrence is a great interview. And he goes, I would also like to see that happen. So we're working on it, Mike. We're working on it. Hey, you got a picture with him, dude. Next year. I, I didn't do this. I should have bet on Jacksonville to win the Super Bowl next year. You know what? You if they're in the that. NFC, they'd have a better chance. Once we get ga- gambling legalized in true. Texas, because we're doing it next year. That's what our approach is. Kevin, 2024, not next year. This it's year. not going to happen. 2024, that's what we're pushing for. We're going to go talk to all the legalized people gambling in, in Texas. this calendar year. When do you, like, 2026 would be the earliest, right? Like, if 
in real in real world, real life, it's already 2024. It's not legal. It's not going to be legal this year. 2026 would probably be the the earliest Texas would get legalized gambling if it happens. I, I could see that. So you think maybe pass at the end of 25. When's the next congressional like like? I, like I mean, it'll happen season. in November. I just so, don't yeah. think it'll be on the. I don't think it'll be on Makes a sense. state vote on in, yeah, in you October. Move for that okay. to happen. All right. But I wanted to, if we could, can you go ahead and fire off Ooh. cut number one? Because I wanted to dip back in just a little bit to all the math stuff we were talking about yesterday. Now the next push again. Hart into Kleba, who gets another block. Back and forth we go. Green going up top. Josh Green flying high. Now, that was to, sick. To go along with that, it, it is fascinating the way the Mavs have had, I know the Milwaukee game didn't work out, but numerous games where they've had a very comfortable lead that has gotten to an uncomfortable point before ending the game at a spot where it looks like they dominated the entire way. I, and they controlled this game yeah. the entire way. I, I thought agree. Stan Van Gundy made a good point as they went on their first run early in the fourth quarter. He said Jason Kidd just made a major coaching decision that helped out. He called a timeout and put Luca back in the game. <laughs> and he said he's pretty much like a lot of people don't want Luca to play 40 minutes. You won't win as many games if he doesn't yeah. play 40 minutes. So I get the question that people ask about whoever it is, Kevin Durant or Luca or people like that. Now, Durant's obviously getting closer to 40. Dur you know, uh, Luca's not that. But when you push a guy to 40 minutes a night, it is very tough when you get to the end of the season how much they have left. But I don't think the Mavs are going to be in a decent situation unless he does play 40 minutes a night. Now, I don't know if these trades will – make a major impact immediately, but maybe that's the hope is that P.J. Washington can alleviate some of the when Luka goes to the bench, you almost die as a team, and then you have to go, well, you got your two minutes. Get back in the game. Hurry up. Well, let's go to the man himself. Now, while we broke the P.J. Washington and the Gafford trades on our show yesterday, this is Nico Harrison, cut number seven, talking specifically about what that tandem of players will bring to the Mavs. Yeah, I think um, I think if you look at you know PJ, I think uh, the biggest thing about him is, is he can score. I mean, I think a couple weeks ago he might have had 40 points or something like that. You know, he can 43. get you. He can get high. He can shoot. Um, he can create. Uh, so it's just versatility, but also uh, rim protection. You know, he can block shots in his bit. Uh, he can play four and five. So I think that's that's the the thing that he's going to bring to us. Um, when you look at Gafford, you know, big time in protection, adding depth to our front court. Uh, I can just, you know, imagine him and him and Luca and the guy and pick and roll and what that's going to be. That's cool. I'll tell you what I'm confused with. I just watching P.J. Washington, I see no center in him at all. Man, they keep pushing that. The four I could see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, like, they've always had that approach, and Jason Kidd definitely knows how to use it. So it is a very small ball center style. Like Greg Buckner. Like, I get why they did that. Like, Don Nelson tried Greg Buckner at six foot four at center to try to pull Shaq away from the basket, this and that. I know that was a long time ago. Basketball has definitely changed from 20 years ago. But I just look at P.J. Washington. I really like him. I'm glad they got him. I think there's a lot of potential. You know who I thought about in baseball terms for P.J. Washington? What I just said last week about John Gray. Is John Gray needs to take the step up. John Gray has a, he has a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He has a wipeout slider. 
He has all of these things that would suggest to you, third overall pick in the draft out of Oklahoma, that he could win 15 games. He would be an all-star. He would be a guy that you look at and go, maybe not a Cy Young winner, but you know, one of those years, maybe finish third or fifth in Cy Young yeah. voting in those years. And that's how I see P.J. Washington. It's wow. all there. Wow. It's all there to be like a 20-point score, to be a seven or eight rebound guy. But you've seen teams it, die on that projection. Yeah. So. And so that's the thing. Like, they're projecting he can play center. Yeah. I'm like, at what point have they watched P.J. Washington play basketball? Not that I'm watching 50 Charlotte games a year, but when I watch him play the Mavericks or when I watch highlights of P.J. Washington, I see zero center in him, but they do see a small ball center. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan Live from Radio Row in Las Vegas. And coming up next, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassett. This rumor says the Rangers are getting a lefty on Thursday next. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live on Radio Row in Las Vegas thanks to the good people at the Low T Center. At Best Buy windows and siding, and you just heard Tony Khan on the A number one air hot seat, and now you still get your baseball nuggets with Mike Bassett. All right, so this baseball nuggets is brought to you by Twin Peaks Eat Drinks and Scenic Views. Twin Peaks, probably a great place to watch that big game on Sunday afternoon. I could see that. All right, so here it is again i feel like we're repeating ourselves for about the seventh time during this offseason but it is a new report the free agent market has been moving slowly this offseason says mark feinsand of mlb.com and john paul morosi we may have some action soon particularly with one starting pitcher feinsand writes that the free agent are you reading most... it like that because we've gone over yes, this okay but I, I have to give it it is a new report i'm not reading yeah. old stuff this says right here mlb.com february 8th i know today is the 9th but here it is the new report that montgomery uh is likely to sign by next thursday by obviously yesterday was thursday so Next week, when pitchers and catchers report, can you believe this? That pitchers and catchers next week will oh, be Wednesday. in Surprise, yeah. Arizona, when are reporting we going there? the twenty-six, uh, two and a half weeks. Oh, wow, man. something like We're that. Almost there, guys. All right, we are. So, <clears throat> it says when each club's pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training, both feel that the most likely destination for the left-handed pitcher Say is it. back in. Texas. Let's go. Where he helped the Rangers win their first World Series. So I asked this question. We, in a way, we know more than MLB.com in this situation. <laughs> yeah. We cover the Rangers right here locally. So I understand they have great connections with agents, with general managers that we don't have. I, I don't have connections with 30 general managers or 150 agents or whatever. But we, we have a connection with the best. We one. hear that it's not likely that Montgomery returns to the Texas Rangers the national media is saying it's likely and here's why I think they're saying it's likely this goes back to January 11th and you're looking at the Red Sox the Giants and the Yankees as being viable options for Jordan Montgomery that was January 11th a month ago I guarantee you what's happening with the national media they've contacted the Red Sox they've contacted the Yankees they've contacted the Giants and they've talked to the agent they've talked to the teams and there's no movement. There is no rumor that he's going to those teams. So the most likely thing is, is go he's going to go back to Texas. Now, I ask this question. If we know that Texas doesn't want to do a super long-term contract 
at a big number before the playoffs started. So he hasn't pitched a playoff game. He hasn't helped you win a World Series. He hasn't helped you win a, a divisional round, anything like that, or a wild card round against Tampa Bay. He was supposedly going to be somewhere around four years and around 18 to 20 million per. Okay. Maybe the playoffs didn't help him out at all in the marketplace. Is, that you're, It's looking like you're right. That's just wild to me. So I'm wondering if I throw this out that next Thursday, Montgomery signs with the Rangers. Guess what the contract? I'm just throwing. I have no clue. Guess what the contract you would say is that if Montgomery, Scott Boris, and the Texas Rangers come to an agreement next week when pitchers and catchers report? One year, $27 million. Three for 65. That's, I, and I understand that. I just don't think the Rangers want him that long. Uh, and yeah, that, that, It's hard to argue with that. That's where I raise my hand and ask the question is, is it the marketplace or is there something about Jordan Montgomery? Because I guess you can say the market because the rest of Major League Baseball is not doing anything either. I just wonder if there is something about Jordan Montgomery that people are like, mm, we're out on that specifically. But I guess since Blake Snell's situation is still out there, that makes it look more yeah. like the market. Well, and they both have the same agent. So oh, that, yeah, that's, a, that's so. a factor, too. I mean, at what point, then, do you get to – like, I realize somebody will side these people, but at what point do you get to and you're like, hey, sorry, Blake, sorry, George, so these pie-in-the-sky dreams aren't happening. If you didn't have pitchers that had to get ready to start, to be a starting pitcher, you wouldn't start spring training till March 3rd or March 4th. That would be when everybody really showed up. You'd be like, look – if you give if you give relief pitchers and you give position players three weeks, they will most likely be ready for a season. It's the starting pitchers who need six weeks. They have to build up their arm to close to a hundred pitches and around five to six innings to start the year. And that takes about six weeks to do. Yeah. And so if you don't sign Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, you're relying on and it can happen. Guys have really good off seasons where they're working on their arm and making sure they're ready for spring training. But if you don't sign Jordan Montgomery, let's just say the Texas Rangers, you sign him on March 5th. Is he going to be ready for the second game of the year? If Evaldi or the third game of the year, if you wanted to go Evaldi, Gray, Montgomery, like at, at In what, a limited capacity. Yeah. At what point do you worry? Yeah. We don't want you to come to spring training. You do your physical on March 4th. You show up on March 5th. I'm not going to say, well, hey, our starters are now built up to four innings and 60 pitches on March 10th. We need you at four innings and 60 pitches. They're going to say, no, you're going to throw two innings and 30 pitches. And then three or four days later, you're going to throw three innings and about 45 to max 50 pitches. Then the next time, four innings, 60 pitches. Well, now the season's starting. So yeah. it's okay. You just have Jordan Montgomery on more of a four or five inning start to start the year. But I'm just thinking for these starting pitchers, Snell and Montgomery, I would say, man, if we're going to give them the money, if exactly. we really want to compete, let's do it now instead of waiting. The market, I w if I was Jordan Montgomery, and maybe this is me and not him, I would be a little bit nervous right now that it's Friday and spring training starts next week, and I don't know where I'm going. And that's the thing that bothers me about it is that wouldn't be built in as, hey, you get a discount because you're not getting real starts the first three or four times. You're like, well, well, that's yeah. just the deal. You shouldn't have waited so long. Do you think that this report is going to come true? Do you think next week the Rangers have Jordan Montgomery in their rotation? I do. Even when, look, even when Evan Grant said, I don't think it's going to happen because he's yeah. just about as plugged in as it gets for the Rangers, I still thought there was a shot. I understand 
there are drawbacks that have prevented the Rangers from being more aggressive at this. But I think it's come down, down, down where they're like, well, we probably should. So right? I'm wondering this, too. And I don't know if Jordan Montgomery would want a contract like this. The Rangers are up against it, right? They've already gone over one small threshold yep. that they don't want to go over the next one because they do want to give themselves flexibility at the trade deadline to add money to the team, from what I understand. If if that happens, great. That means you're in it and you're trying to add to a team that they think can, can compete and win another World Series championship. Or last year they didn't even win the division, a team that can win the yeah. division. is. I wonder if you structure a contract like this. All we can do is give you $15 million this year. But then the next year we're going to give you $22 million, and the next year to kind of make your number work, we give you $27 million. So you're like, we feel like we have, I don't know this, we have a little bit more freedom with guys coming off the books, whether it's Max Scherzer, whether it's John Gray. I'm not saying you're not going to re-sign those guys, but yeah, maybe no, you I look at it. your financials and go, would you want to backload this thing? Because I don't think there's any front-loading the Rangers want to do at this point with where they're at salary-wise. Yeah, um, and and then hope at some point you have lots of developed something coming along. Yeah, that you can you know, that's the do, thing. do something at with. At some so point, we talked out. about that, right? Yeah. You have to, whether it's Jack Leiter, whether it's Owen White, whether it's somebody we're not really thinking about. Rock I know Porter, Rocker's still a year road, away yeah. from, from pitching again. These guys have to develop, and you have to have one million dollar pitchers in your rotation. You can't do this. You can, especially if but you're, you have if to you're take a big <laughs> financially. You're going to have to pay taxes. My last baseball nugget, and then we'll get out of here and get back to football talk here at the Super Bowl. Thanks to our sponsors, Low T Center, Best Buy, Windows and Siding. God, I'm the smartest guy here. Okay, so. Thank you for remembering. I'm not that smart. I didn't even remember. And then we got Mike Golick Sr. coming up on the A number one air hot seat. Vladimir Guerrero in his second year of arbitration gets almost $20 million. Last year he got $14.5 million. So I was thinking about the inflation of that number when it comes to Wyatt Lankford or Evan Carter. That is, an, that is an interesting thing that I might have to redo some of my math there. Yeah, so maybe you're looking at as inflation goes, you know, you're going to look at more like $17 million, $22 million, $30 million in those three years if you don't want to sign a big Which, longer-term contract to Lankford or Carter. Obviously, that changes the way I look at that for sure. Also, did you see the Adolis, like, additional information on the deal? No. Yeah. Is So we said two for 14 yesterday. That is the minimum. There are escalators and incentives in the contract that would put it up to two years, I think $20.4 million. So I, I like that. Yeah. And, yeah and he only has hit 75 home runs a year. Uh, no. If it was over two years, I'd be like, <laughs> I could definitely see that happening. Uh, that's good for him, man. That's great. It's something to, it's something to strive I, for. I just think that's such a cheap contract and great for the Rangers is that if you're paying him $7 million, a dude who's going to hit 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. Yeah. Like those guys, Teoscar Hernandez cost $23 million for the Dodgers. He's better than Teoscar Hernandez in mm-hmm. all, to me, in all ways. But. Agreed, agreed, agreed. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.